Well, last Sunday, we had the opportunity to hear about how we can begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and if you've been living um, in relationship with Jesus for any amount of time, you live with a certain sense of gratitude, don't you? You live with a certain sense of who you are in Christ. It, it kind of it, it ignites you. It makes you very grateful for what you have. So much so that oftentimes it compels you and you think of other people in your life who don't yet know the Lord, who maybe their lives aren't being impacted by Christ yet, and you go, oh, I so want that for him. Oh, I, I wish that she knew God. I wish God's changed me. I wish that he would, would come to know Christ. Here's where we're going to go this morning. We're going to ask the question, how do I pass along? Uh, how do I pass along the greatest thing that I could possibly have, the relationship that's changed my life, not only in this life, but in, for all of eternity, how do I pass that along to other people? Here it is in essence. How do I leave a spiritual legacy? I attended a funeral a, a few years ago, and by the time that it was over and everybody had gone back to their cars, and I remember getting in my car, and I remember driving home, and on the way home, I was so bummed out after this funeral. This man that had passed away, he had left a legacy. He was a good man. But what was so painful to watch and to listen to the stories was knowing the short legacy that he had left. This was a good guy. He took care of his family. He left them money for his family. He ran a good business. He was a good athlete. But when I thought about the shelf life of the things that would outlive him, when I thought about the legacy that he would leave, it was incredibly discouraging. I couldn't help but think about, I couldn't help but wonder, what if this man would have passed on his faith in Jesus Christ? How would the stories have been different? What might have his kids said differently at that funeral? What might have his close friends said differently? One thing is for sure, the shelf life of his legacy would have far outlived him. I've been reading through the, New, the Old Testament this year, and it's amazing to see example after example in the scriptures of one generation passing their faith on to the next generation, and then you see the fruit of that. You see the joys of that. You see the blessing of that. But then right on the other hand, you see different examples where the legacy of faith, where faith isn't passed on to the next generation, and you see the pain that follows for that generation. An older man in our church was mentoring me a while back over breakfast, and, and he said something during our time together that really applies to us this morning. He said this about legacy. He said, legacy rarely lives beyond your current job unless you leave a spiritual legacy. His point was this, he was saying, Jeff, you can give your life to a lot of different things. People can invest in different things. People can do all sorts of things with their life. He said, but if you're able to, and if people are able to leave a spiritual legacy of faith for the next generation, he said, that's where it's at. He said, that's the kind of impact that a person will have that will outlast them. That's the kind of impact that a person can have, and hundreds of years after they're gone, their legacy is still living on. Our text this morning, it answers the question, how do I leave a spiritual legacy? And here's the answer. Here's the main point. If you're taking notes, write this down. Here it is. How do I leave a spiritual legacy? Here it is. I'm intentional with who I become and where I invest. I'm intentional with who I become and where I invest. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. We'll put these verses up on the screens as well. You're seeing this morning a lot of D6 around here. And that is, um, it's a reference to Deuteronomy chapter 6. 
let me give you, before we jump into this passage, let me give you some of the context around it. The people of Israel know this. They are on the the verge of something big. They're on the verge of going into the land that they've been promised to, they've been promised for for years and years and years. So they're, they're longing for it. They can't wait for it. But before this great moment in their history, Moses has the foresight to go, time out. Before you go in there, before we do this great big thing, he says, time out. And he gathers these people together. These are the people that he loves. These are the people that he's been leading. And he calls a time out because he knows that there are some very important things that they need to hear. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses, we find him at the end of his life. And he's giving one of his final words of instruction. It would be like if you knew that your days were very numbered and And you knew that you didn't have much time left. And so you called everybody around you. You called the people you loved. You called your family. You called those that were close to you. You called your friends. And you just said, hey. And you you said things to them that you thought, you've got to hear this. This is a must for you. What I'm about to say, please listen, this will impact your life. Now know this. This is important for where we're going this morning. Moses is constantly referencing the next generation. He's always talking about his children's children. He's looking forward. Moses is talking about legacy. For some of you, you would say that you're a part of a family where maybe you're a third or a fourth or a fifth generation follower of Jesus Christ. In your your family, there's been a strong legacy of faith. For others of you, you would say you're a first-generation Christian, right? You're pioneering a legacy of faith for your family. Moses, as a man of God, at the end of his years, he feels this responsibility to see that his faith is multi-generational. He's saying, I don't want my faith just to end. He's looking out at this group of people, and he's, he's saying it needs to be lasting. This torch of faith needs to be passed on to the next generation, and then the next, and then the next after that. Look with me at verse 1, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Moses says, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, now notice Moses is indicating that that, that something's going to happen as a result of what he's saying. He's saying, if you take these things to heart that I'm about to say, something will result in your life. He says, so that you your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. Moses is speaking about leaving a legacy. He's looking out over this crowd of people. He's looking out at a generation just like here today and in front of them he's saying, hey, in order for this legacy of faith to go on to the next generation, he's saying, please, Please hear this. Please listen up. Verse 3, he writes, Hear, hear Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and so that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. And then verse 4, And if you've ever wanted a compact description of, of what it means to know God, here it is. He says it again. Hear, O Israel. And then imagine for a second that that you're in a classroom and the professor's at the front and, and he's been teaching for a while and you're sort of into the teaching, but then all of a sudden he takes out the chalk and he just starts to just tap loudly on the blackboard as though to say, you've heard everything I've said, but don't miss this piece. 
This is most important. This is urgent. Moses writes this. It's called the Shema. He says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, that was significant in, in their culture to say that the Lord is one because there was the worship of many, many gods in their culture. And so Moses is saying, no, I want you to know that you can have confidence. You've seen God work. You can have confidence in the one true God. Verse 5, back to our question for the, the, the morning. How do I leave a spiritual legacy? The first part of that is this. I'm intentional with who I am. It begins with me. Whether you're here this morning and you would say you're a student, whether you're here and maybe you're at the end of a career or beyond, you can ask yourself as we look at this text, am I becoming the kind of person that Moses is describing in this passage? Verse 5, Moses says, love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. Now, to love someone, take a time out here, to love someone is, it's to do more than just to know facts about them, isn't it? I mean, I remember the first time that I told Christina, I love you. That was significant. I mean, there was, there was commitment behind those words. There was emotion behind those words. He's saying, love the Lord your God. And then he goes on, he goes, with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. Now, those might be familiar words to you from the scriptures, but, but really think about what they're saying. Think about the magnet. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Think about what Moses is communicating. He's saying in light of who God is, if you want to be the kind of person, if we want to be the kind of generation that, that we do pass the legacy of faith down to the next one, he's saying here it is, most important thing, you do it. You love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's the most important thing you can do. It beats the best hobby you could come up with. It beats the best career and it yields eternal results. Church, as we think about being the kind of people that we want to leave a spiritual legacy, an eternal legacy, the greatest gift that we can give, whether we're young or whether we're old here this morning, the greatest gift that we could possibly give is this. It's a heart that is fully devoted to Jesus Christ. It's a heart that we would say, it's captivated by him. Moses says, love God with all of yourself. Think about this, regardless of what the statistics say about the next generation as we think about leaving a legacy, regardless of what the statistics say, I'm convinced that if the next generation would see in us a passionate pursuit of Jesus Christ, a group of people that would say, we don't have it all figured out, but you know what we are doing? We are humbly seeking God. I'm convinced that it would impact the next generation. How do we leave a spiritual legacy? We unashamedly follow Jesus Christ. We love him with all of our hearts. Imagine for a minute if our, if our kids said about us, imagine if the next generation remembered us for our faith. Imagine if they said, wow, she, she was such a, a godly woman. She chased after God. He was a man of faith. That's what I remember. Great coat, yeah. Man of faith, though. That's, that's the driver for him. Verse 6. Moses says, these commands that I give you today, he says, they are to be upon your hearts, meaning the core descriptors that someone would use to describe you and I. Now, when we get to verse 7, Moses addresses parents, and he gives them a blueprint of how to leave a spiritual legacy. Verse 7, he writes, impress them on your children. 
And he's talking about these commands. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. He says, impress that upon your children. Talk about that when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Verse 8, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Moses is making it crystal clear that in order to leave a spiritual legacy, it is not just a once a week thing. It's a daily thing. It's a daily part of life. It's, it's not just a, a weekly installment. No, it's a part of who we are. There's good reason really why Moses would talk specifically to parents in this particular passage. When you and I think about the influence and the power behind a parent and the church being incredibly intentional with the next generation, there are two sets of numbers that continue to come to my mind. You might, you might think of it like this. Let me ask you a question. It's a hard one this morning. How many weeks are there in a year? Everybody with me? How many weeks are there in a year? Okay, good. 52. You're still here. All right. 52 weeks in a year. Now, I want you to imagine for a second that we have a child. We have a next generation person in our, our church. And they come to our church and they come to our programming and they hear a message about Jesus Christ. Now we know this, in the, over the course of a year, 52 weeks in a year, we know that that kid's going to go on vacation. We know that they're going to get sick. We know that there's going to be different breaks for school. There's going to be uh, sporting thing, all sorts of things, right? So the reality of perfect attendance is, is very rare. But I want you to think for a second about each one of these tennis balls as one hour. Because the average kid in our church gets about 40 hours of instruction per year. So think about that for a second. That's 40 hours when the church has the opportunity to speak spiritual truth into the life of a child. Those are hugely important hours, right? I mean, those are hours when as a church we say, wow, the next generation is important. We've got 40 hours. We need to do our very best to impact them. Because we want to leave a legacy of faith as a church. One of our core values is that we would raise up the next generation. Like Moses, we're looking out at the crowd and we're saying, we don't want this thing to end. We want the next generation to thrive even more so than the current one. And so we're looking out as a church and we're saying, <clears throat> okay, what's next? Who's next? Who's the next generation? These 40 hours are incredibly important. But there's another set of numbers that grabs me as well. Consider for a minute the amount of hours Quality hours, not when a kid is sleeping, but quality hours, not when a kid is in school, but the hours when a parent can influence a child over the course of a year. Consider how many hours that might be. Host, if you bring these things forward, that would that'd be great. Everybody, think for a second about how much time a parent spends in the car with the child. Anybody kind of in the carpool stage right now? Yeah, and you're kind of going, wow, we're just in the car all the time. Think about the amount of hours that a family spends eating together around the dinner table. Think for a second about the amount of time that a family spends together on vacations in a given year. Hours together. Think about the amount of time that a family is together celebrating a holiday. Think about the amount of time that a family's together right before bed. A kid goes down to bed and everybody's home. Think about the amount of time that a parent has when their child is just home at night or on the weekends, think about the amount of time that parents have to influence their kids. Be pretty funny if we tipped one of these over, wouldn't it? That'd be 375 balls of mess, wouldn't it? Yeah. 
No pressure, host. Thank you, guys. You're looking at 3,000 tennis balls. Now think about this. The average parent has 3,000 hours of influence over the course of a year. 3,000 hours of influence. The headline, one of the headlines in the World Herald this week was this, parents play a big role in teaching faith. Um, Think about this for a second. An intentional parent is in the best place to influence the life of a child. An intentional parent. I mean, think for a second. Who's the one that's with the child when the child goes off to kindergarten? It's a parent. Who's the one that's there when the child goes off to, to, to first grade, elementary school? It's a parent. Who's there for a child at their high school graduation? Only a parent would sit through that, right? Who's the one that takes them to college? Parent. Who's the one that's there after graduation? At their graduation, it's a parent. Who's the one that's there at their wedding? Who's the one that walks them down the aisle? Who's the one that pays for the wedding, unfortunately, right? Think about this. When your kids are on their own, when you have adult children, who's at home? It's their parents. When they still, when they call home, it's, it's a call to you. Who is there year after year? Who has the most influence, not only in a single year, but over the course of many, many, many years? Is it the youth pastor? No. Is it the coach? No. Is it a mentor? No. It's a parent. We're asking ourselves this question this morning, how do we leave a spiritual legacy? First, the scriptures would say we become a a people that we are more and more in love with Jesus Christ, that we are intentional about who we are becoming, so that they look to us and they would say, wow, they're, they're modeling something. Michelle Anthony put it like this in her book called Spiritual Parenting, and this is directed at parents, but I'm telling you, it's applicable to everyone in the room. She writes, we are living examples of what is real, and unfortunately, we can't give away something we don't possess. It's not my job to merely control my children's behavior, but rather it is my job to model with authenticity what I have in my relationship with God through Christ. The second part of leaving a spiritual legacy from this passage, first we're intentional about who we become, but then we're intentional about where we invest our time. You might jot this down. What you do with your time determines the impact of your legacy. You know, when we consider these ratios as a church, when we consider that, wow, the church has 40 good hours to influence the average person of the next generation for Jesus Christ, but yet parents have 3,000 hours of influence on average per year, when we think about those things, we say, wow, as the church, we need to provide the very best hours we possibly can for these kids. But then we also say this, We need to do everything we can so that we're impacting the role of parents because we know this is where the battle is won and lost. This is where it really matters. And so as a church, we go, wow, that's a core value for us. And we want to be the kind of church that we would say, we're working very hard to equip and to empower families to thrive spiritually. Because let's be honest, as a church here for a minute, it's hard to lead home spiritually. It's challenging. And yet many parents would say, it's so well worth it. And when we look at the scriptures, we would say this. We would say, wow, not only maybe is it challenging, but also the scriptures would say, it's our responsibility. 
And then just practically, it makes sense. We've got the most time. We've got the, we're in the best position of influence for the next generation. Our oldest son is playing baseball this year for the first time, and, and we've had our first two practices this last week. And, and I can tell already, just after two practices, that my son is going to learn to be a better baseball player under this coach than he would po- ever possibly be under my teaching. I'm learning things. I'm at practice, and I'm going, wow, I wish my high school coach would have taught me that. That's really good. Now, here's the thing. I was very intentional about getting my kid on this team. I had heard about this coach. I had heard that he was very good at teaching the fundamentals really well. So I requested him. It was intentional. Yet when I think about our kids, and I love them so much. And when I, I put things into perspective, and, and when you put things in a grand scheme in perspective this morning, our intentionality with things like baseball or with other sports, or our intentionality with music, or with our children's education. Hear me say, yes, it's important. It is important. And I believe it shapes their character. But it has its place. What's most important is what matters for all of eternity. What kind of legacy will our children leave? Helping our children, helping the next generation as a church know and love Jesus Christ cannot take second to anything else. And it can't be outsourced. It doesn't make sense for us to outsource it. It doesn't make sense at all. Now, if I came to you and I, I said, hey, you know our family and, and I, I really want our daughter to be able to learn how to play this instrument. And, and I said, and you, you know us, and so you were like, wow, in your family, that will be a, a high calling. You guys aren't gifted that way. And, and, and I, I told you, though, I said, well, here's my plan. Now, I'm going to take her to this teacher, and then after that, I'm going to take her to this teacher, and then I'm going to enroll her in this band. And, and if, I, if I told you my plan, you would say to me at the end, you would say, that's a good plan. You've got a good strategy in place for your daughter to learn how to play music. But... If we think this way about the spiritual development of our children, we are in huge error. Rather, when the church comes together and when the church is firing on all cylinders and we're providing the best 40 hours we possibly can, and when those hours are impacting the role of parents, which is huge, that's when the church is in its sweet spot. And that's where we want to be. In September... We're thrilled to be launching a new ministry, and um, this is a new midweek ministry for families with kids ages three years old to fifth grade. This new ministry is called D6. It flows right out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, and, and this new ministry is designed to help families thrive spiritually so that one day we look out as a church, whether you're old or whether you're young here this morning, we look out as a church and we say, wow, we're a part of passing on our faith. We're effectively passing the torch to the next generation. What's unique about this ministry is that it's, it's very intentional. It's very intentional, not just, with, not just with kids, but with parents. This new ministry will run nine weeks each semester. Now, you might be here today and you might say, wow, I, I feel like it's too late. I'm too late as a parent. I've kind of blown it. I wish I would have done things a little bit differently. Know this, and we believe this to our core around here. It's never too late. It's never too late. If you're a single parent that desires to do the most important thing with your child well, this program is for you. 
If you would say, wow, I'm, I'm, you know, you're, you're, as a couple, you would say, we, we want to get it right. We know that X, Y, and Z, those are important and we're involved in those, but we don't want to lose sight of what's most important. This is for you. If you're a person here and you would say, you know what, I'm a grandparent and you know what, I, I'm kind of the spiritual leader for this kid right now. That's just the way it is. This program is for you. If you're a friend of, of a child that maybe in your neighborhood who you bring along, you can still bring them. We want you to do that. This program is for you. In the past, when you've come on Wednesday nights, and this program is unique in this way, it's not just for kids, but it's for parents as well. In the past, when you've come on a, to our midweek program, you've been able to come and you've been able to drop off your child. And I'm sorry it's not this way anymore. But then you were able to you know, save some time, get some stuff done, run over to Target, run over to Home Depot, and then come back and, and pick them up. With D6, parents are involved. Dads, I want to speak particularly to you. Would you please hear me on this? This is a way for you to lead your family spiritually. This is a way for you and for us to be able to come alongside the family. And so I'm asking you, would you commit to nine weeks that first semester? Would you commit to nine weeks? Now, you may not feel like you're the most qualified to lead your family. You're not alone in this place in that. You're not alone at all. And that's why we're doing this new ministry. It's incredibly strategic as we as a church say, we want to be the kind of church that we leave a spiritual legacy. It's incredibly strategic that we say, okay, then we're looking at these hours and we're saying, hey, parents, we want to equip you. Hey, parents, we want to do everything we can to empower you to do what God has called you to do and what you can do best. Let me give you... Um, some specifics about this particular program and, and Rob's actually going to come up and, and he's going to help me um, do the, the last part of that. When you come on a, on a Wednesday night, know this, you'll be able to take your child to their age-appropriate classroom. So when you get here at 6.30 on a Wednesday night, you'll take your child and they're going to get quality teaching in a large group setting, in a small group setting, just as they always have. They're going to learn things like this. They're going to learn biblical virtues like honesty, obedience, courage, and honor. Now, while that's taking place, though, parents are going to gather together for a time of encouragement, for a time of learning, a time where we can be equipped to lead our families spiritually, to help us be the kind of people that we would say, wow, we're, we're effective. We're effective at passing on our faith to the next generation. But let me be very clear about something, particularly related to this parent piece. I want to be crystal clear on this. We are going to have an environment of grace. If you're thinking, wow, why would I want to come once a week for nine weeks in the first semester and then nine weeks, second semester, and get beat up as a parent? I want to just say to you, this will not be a gathering of parents who have it all figured out. This will be a gathering of people that we are opening the scriptures together, that we're learning together, that we are on a journey together. It will be an environment of grace. It will be an environment where the person who's thinking right now, I wonder if it's too late, it will be an environment for you to be able to figure out, no, it's not too late. It'll be an environment for the parent that's trying certain things to be able to come and share those. It'll be an environment where someone goes, wow, I really want to lead my family spiritually, and you, you're going to learn some things, and you'll be able to apply those. We're going to journey together. So for those first 40 minutes of the night, kids will go one direction and then parents will go another direction. And then the last part of the night will be a, a combined experience right here in the worship center. And Rob's going to tell us about that. Rob.
And seeing that was, um, in a word, overwhelming. I mean, honestly, just seeing parents and kids in the same room dancing, praising God together, uh, lifting hands and worship, clapping, having a great time, uh, was absolutely touching. Um, so yeah, so you can kind of see there's going to be drama, there's going to be music, there's going to be dancing. Um, the drama portion of the night, you can just kind of maybe think lights, camera, action. We're going to have, imagine our stage kind of turn into the inside of a house where our characters interact and help solve a problem as it relates to the virtue that we're talking about that night. Um, the uh, characters you'll get to know, they will have, you know, their sort of tell tale costume or maybe um, a quirky personality trait. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the music will just be a blast. Um, we're going to have teams of, of choreographed dancers doing stuff up here with parents and kids up here as well. We'll have live bands that play, kind of like we did a little bit earlier. And, uh, and I can tell you that the excitement and me just sort of planning these things and all of us kind of planning these things for this combined experience um, I think will pale in comparison to the excitement of it actually happening. Hmm. Um, it's going to be a lot of work, a lot of commitment, but um, I am thrilled to see what happens immediately and then definitely in the long run in the lives of, of our church, and especially as hmm. it relates to the next generation. Awesome. Great. Thanks, Joe. One of the things that will happen um, at the end of that combined experience is that parents will be able to leave with some take-home materials. Um, we don't want to create this... Um, experience from 6.30 to 8 o'clock at, you know, at the midweek, and then just say, parents, good luck. You got a lot of work to do. You got a lot of time to do it. Go ahead and get it done. We don't want to be that church. Instead, what we want to do is we want to help equip you and empower you, and so there'll be things that you'll be able to take home. There'll be take-home materials where you will have all heard the same message that night, but then we'll give you some tools so that you can go home and that you can um, help lead your family spiritually. So when you leave on Wednesday nights, you'll be given tools to apply the things that you've heard at D6, and our hope really is that it will propel us, that it will help equip us to lead at home. Church, do know this, we're launching D6 because overall we want to be effective at reaching the next generation, both old and young. We want to be the kind of people that it would be said of us, that it would be said of Brookside. That's a church that doesn't just care about themselves, they care about the next generation. Um, so now I, I want to get really practical with you. And so if you would take out, you've got a little insert in your bulletin this morning and if you don't have one of these, just slip your hand in the air. Our hosts will come forward now, and, and they'll um, just give you one. And so just slip your hand in the air if, if you need one of these. But I, wanna, I want you to turn to the side that has the blue stripe there at the, at the top. Let's look there first. This is how you can register to be a part of this ministry. You could check that box at the top that says, count us in. And what you're saying is this. You're saying, I'm, I'm on board. We're doing a pre-registration for D6 so that on the first night of D6, our classrooms are full of volunteers that are trained and ready to go right out of the, right out of the chute. And so would encourage you to, to fill that out um, as a pre-registration. There's no cost to this program, no cost to D6. Uh, we'll be kicking off this semester in September with a huge outdoor D6 festival that's going to be a ton of fun for our church and for hopefully a lot of our friends, even in our community. Um, you'll notice, too, at the bottom of the form that it says after parent information, there's a place for your kids' information, but then there's some inf a place for guest children. We want to make it really clear that this program is not only for our children, but it's for our children's friends. 
We, and maybe you've got someone that you've been bringing along. We want you to know this is still the place for them. We want to be the kind of place where we're a blessing not only to our kids but to the friends of our kids. And we hope that their parents will one day show up right with their children and will have a combined experience and will be touched by God just, just the way that they have. So, um, so that's the, the, the front side of that. Flip that thing over now. You know, we've talked a lot this morning about leaving a spiritual legacy, um, that we would be the kind of people that God would use our days, that God would use our lives to be impactors for all of eternity. And the second part of leaving a spiritual legacy is being intentional with our time. Um, when you consider the things that you do with your life, ask yourself this question, am I having an impact for eternity? And I, I just want to ask you this morning, would you consider giving an hour and a half for nine weeks in the fall? That's how long that first semester will run. Would you consider giving an hour and a half once a week to help us get this program off the ground? Know this, apart from your investment in your own children, apart from your investment in your grandchildren, your investment in the local church is the greatest investment you could possibly make with your life. I, sh I say that completely unashamedly because eternity is at stake in the message of the gospel. As you can imagine, D6 is a huge effort for us as a church. We currently see about 250 kids come here midweek. And so there's a lot that's going to go into this. And, and we really need a lot of new volunteers. And so I want to ask you would, you, would you seriously consider being a part of this? And I'm convinced, and I, I think many of you share this with me, I'm convinced that between those of you who lead our community groups, between those of you volunteers that run our Sunday mornings and our midweek volunteers, Brookside is uniquely blessed. Hands down, I would say that. But just let me say this. If you aren't plugged in, if you're not serving anywhere, would you consider getting involved? Or if you would say, wow, I want to be more involved, would you consider one of these roles? This form is simply a way for you to say, I want more information. That's what you're saying by filling this out. And so I want to take you through these roles real quick just so you have an understanding of them. First of all, the onstage stuff, actors and dancers, that's the stuff that Rob was talking about, the combined experience at the end of the night. And then we've got in the classroom, uh, we've got small group uh, leader positions that you could do with our elementary students. We've also got things in our nursery and our preschool area, ways that you could volunteer there. This last Wednesday night, um, when I got home, uh, it was pretty late, and my, my son was almost asleep, and I opened the door to his room, and, and he kind of woke up, and then he got really excited, and he said, Dad, he said, I was the last one to be picked up tonight. He was so excited. And I said, really? And then he said, and then he told me why he was so excited. He said, I got to stay with Dallas. Now, Dallas is one of our adult leaders, right? And he was telling me, he said, man, I had a blast with Dallas. Dallas picked me up by my feet, and Dallas was swinging me. And, and we don't do that with all the kids here at church, but just with the pastor's kids. But, but here's the deal. Dallas lives with this mindset. I mean, he's a busy guy. He's a capable guy. He lives with the mindset, though, that there's something important about the next generation. And so on a Wednesday night, what does he do? He helps us create an environment that's compelling. He helps us create an environment where a kid will hear the truth of the gospel in a way that's appealing to that kid, a kid that will get it. And in a way, he helps us create an environment where a kid will say, I had a blast Wednesday night, Dad. I want to go back to that. That's a volunteer that does this. Know this, don't lose sight of the fact that what you do with your time 
determines the impact of your legacy. What you do with your time determines the shelf life of your legacy. You might be in a place where you'd say, you know what, I've, I don't have little ones anymore. I mean, I agree with all this, but I don't have little ones anymore. Maybe you've got high school students. Maybe you'd say, I, I've got adult children now. Maybe you've got grandchildren. Maybe you're a grandparent. And you might be thinking to yourself, wow, I really wish the church would have had something. I wish I would have come along in a church that had had a program like this. But let me ask you, sincerely, would you bring your experiences, would you bring your wisdom to the table to help other people? 99%, I was thinking about this this week, I was thinking about the things that I do as a parent, the things that are good. I was thinking 99% of them I heard from someone else. Someone else shared with me. They said, you know what, you should, you should try this. And I was like, tonight, we'll do. 99%, someone shared that with me. And I was talking to a guy this week, and he said, you know what? He said, my wife and I, we're going to be there serving because we want to free up our children and our grandchildren so that they can attend this thing and be fully involved. Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about how everybody in the body of Christ plays a key part. Everybody has a part. I think about even just this illustration alone. I made one phone call to a guy named Bill in our church, and I said, Bill, I said, I'm trying to communicate a point, and I want it to land with force because it's important. And I said, so I need, and I was a little hesitant to say it, I said, I need, I need 3,000 tennis balls. And he said, Jeff, that's a lot of tennis balls. <laughs> and then about two seconds later, he said, I'll call you back. I think I might be able to do that. He calls me back and he says, don't worry about it. I'll have them there. I'll have them in carts. I'll have them on time and ready to go. Now, here's the deal. Bill didn't take care of everything this morning, did he? But he did his part. He looked at his life. He looked at his time. And he said, you know what? I want to be an impactor for all of eternity. I want to be the kind of person that I'm available for my local church because the local church has the message of the gospel which transforms lives for all of eternity. The next thing on there is a, a host. I mean, that's, that's, just, that's a role where we, want to don't, we don't want to just hold doors in this ministry. We want to create an environment on Wednesday nights that's the most friendly that maybe a parent or a family will have all week long. We want them to be able to come and go, wow, I'm just blessed. I just love walking through the doors. You won't believe how many people will say, I'm back to Brookside because it was so friendly. We hear that all the time. Would you help us create that environment? The next thing on there is our student ministry and our small group leaders. We're launching this new ministry, and we want to make very sure that we um, continue to have all of our bases covered, and we're firing on all cylinders in our middle school and in our high school ministries. And so let me ask you, maybe you would say, I don't want to lead a small group. I'm not quite ready for that. But would you co-lead one? Would you join another leader or would you be a leader of a small group of middle school or high school students? Let me tell you, after doing high school and middle school ministry for years, it's well worth your time. And then the last box there just says, hey, wherever I'm needed. Because we know that there'll be people here this morning, you'll just say, I don't know what I should do, but I want to be involved. Would you help me figure that out? Would you help me figure out how God has wired me and how then I can plug my giftings in? If you have any questions about D6 uh, this morning, know this. In our upper lobby, you'll see people in balloons and everything else, but people wearing these shirts. And you can go up there and, and you can ask them any question that you've got about this new ministry. Um, 
These shirts will be given out to, to all of our kids. So you'll see kids wearing these around the, the building this morning. If you'd like one, they're five bucks. You can, you can get one in the upper lobby this morning as well. You know, when I think about us as a church leaving a legacy for the next generation, intentional is a word that keeps coming to mind. Because here's the thing, if we're not intentional, if you're not intentional with the next generation, if I'm not intentional with the next generation, our culture will leave a legacy with the next generation. It will happen automatically. It'll just happen. But yet if we're intentional, we can create a better picture. We can create a better legacy for the next generation. A friend of mine, we were talking about this message, and, and he challenged me, and I, I want to share the question that he he posed to me, and, and I, I would encourage you to ask this question of yourself, and, and maybe you write, maybe you just you write down an answer to this later on this week even. Here's the question that he said. He said, what am I currently involved in that will be remembered 100 years from now? Another way to say that is, am I leaving a spiritual legacy? You know, I want to close this morning, and I want to pray not only for this new ministry, not only for D6, but... I want to pray for each and every one of us, young and old, that God, by his grace, would continue to remind us of what we have in Christ. And then we would say joyfully, we want to be a part of the thing that's going to last 100 years, 200 years, and beyond all of eternity. And so let's do this. Let's commit this ministry to the Lord, and, and, um, and let's pray uh, for ourselves. So, yeah, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning um, for who you are. I thank you for your word. Um, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just continue to um, teach us through your word each week, Lord. We want to pray that we would be the kind of people that when we hear the word of God, our hearts are soft to it. And Lord, I pray, um, we pray for this new initiative that our church is taking, for this new ministry called D6. And Lord, we want to pray above all things, Lord, that this would bring you honor and glory. We want to pray, Lord, that we would walk in step with you. We want to pray that we would help parents, the, the people that you entrusted with this responsibility, we want to pray that we would be a blessing to them. Lord, we want to pray that there would be families sitting around a kitchen table months from now, and a dad would open up the Bible and say, <clears throat> kids, I just want to share this with you. I, I'm learning this, and I, 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 just want to, I just want to talk to you about this. And maybe that would happen for the first time in many, many homes in our city, Lord. God, help us be the kind of people that we leave a legacy of faith. And Lord, thank you for the fact that you've given us the gift of faith. We, all, we owe all gratitude and praise to you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, two things um, just before you stand up and you're dismissed. Um, if you could leave your pen and that insert, if you filled it out, if you could just leave that on your chair here this morning, that would be great. Okay, everybody. Hey, thanks so much. And um, yeah, we'll see you next Sunday.